Welcome to the Sipping Teas and Hugging Trees podcast, where we, Joel and Leah Larabelle of High Garden Tea, will be having lighthearted conversations about different neighbors in nature and how we can welcome them into our daily lives. Each piece of the natural world that we better understand, the more we can bring the outdoors into our home and feel at home when outdoors. Today we chose the crow to be the star of the show because it is quite possibly the most intelligent creature in North America, other than most humans. The crow is more than just a brain, though. It cares about family, plays jokes, and we feel it's a little bit misunderstood and underappreciated, so it's time to do our part in changing that. All the while, we'll be sipping on tea and would love for you to join us for a cup. And be warned, this may lead you to becoming obsessed with being a legend among crows. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support it, purchasing some of our wonderful herbal infusions or tea is really appreciated and helpful to keep us rolling these babies out. Not to mention, every purchase from our shop saves one square foot of forested land to help protect this home we all share. So grab a cup and let's get started. Oh, the crows. Okay, well, Dad, I'm sorry, but if you're listening... The apple fell kind of far from the tree on this one. <laughs> Are you referring to the story he shares with us so kindly each time? Yes, Dad, I love you. Uh, but my dad loves to tell the story about he and his dad uh, shooting all the crows mm-hmm. growing up for mm-hmm. for sport. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, I feel differently. <laughs> yep. And that's cool. And I was so excited that you chose crows for this podcast because I love crows and I think I know some things about crows. Yeah. So, Oh, do you, Leah? I do. I, ooh, ooh, that look on your face, I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, let's play a little game. Okay. To see if you really know crows because I'm not going to lie, I've been on a crow bender for the last yeah, week. Yeah, you have. And now I am obsessed with crows. Okay, let's play a little true or false game. See how you do. Uh, question one. True or false, our three-year-old son, Woods, is smarter than a crow. Woods is smarter than a crow. Is Woods, our son, smarter than a crow? I mean, well, in the case that... (laughs) (laughs) What? Sorry to to bust your bubble. Because you knew I was going to say true, baby. Mama's got your back. Of course you're going to say true. Mm -hmm. He's our baby. Mm -hmm. And he is super smart. But But crows are actually (laughs) smarter than a seven-year-old. Sorry, people out there. Yeah. Did you know that? If you're looking at your (laughs) six-year-old... Yeah, they are out of luck. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. They're still in luck, but they're just not as smart as a crow. Do tell. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. A little background on the size of a crow's brain, because I think that's fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, Proportionally, the crow's brain is as big as a chimpanzee's brain, (laughs) which is generally regarded as like the smartest creature. Yeah. Um, And those brains are just a little bit smaller proportionately than our human brains. Uh, and since we have no monkeys in North America, apes, chimps, I monkeys, am going to yeah. go out on a ledge and just say crows are the smartest creature besides most humans in <laughs> most. North America. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. So let those, that sink in. Yeah, those crows just right out there out of our window. Those ones. It's like they're monkeys with wings. They're literally flying monkeys. Wow. Okay. Oh, okay. So... Man, I'm just going to give you some real quick points Please. on how they're intelligent. Yeah, I'd love it, actually. Okay, so a lot of intelligence comes from creatures' ability to make and use tools. Mm, that's so, one of the whatever you, scales or whatever of intelligence or something. Is yeah, ability to that's make what we humans like to brag about to other creatures that, <laughs> that, that we, we can, can do tools. and they mostly can't do. <laughs> okay. 
okay. We like to do that. We do like to do that. Um, but a crow can actually fashion tools and use them in to, the wild. To pop that balloon of ours, thinking we're the only ones <laughs> making <laughs> A crow can pop our uh, smart balloon. Like a real yeah. tool? Okay, so uh, a crow can actually fashion a stick and mm-hmm. carve and whittle a stick down to be able to scoop bugs out of holes in trees, which mm. is pretty cool. But a crow can also fasten that same stick with an actual hook on it. So it can improve upon that tool and make it better at doing its job. Mm-hmm. It literally whittles a stick with its beak. Uh, it, can, it can also bend a wire to make a hook to scoop food out of whatever a food the food is in. And it just dreams up these tools. It doesn't have like some directions in front of it or something. No, it, they, they just figure it out. Oh, we need to get them little toolboxes. They do it. I know. <laughs> and they will actually keep their tools in their toolboxes. Stop it. They have little they, tiny crow tube. They toolboxes. do. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. They, they may or may not, but mm-hmm. they do save tools for future use. Huh. If something works well, they will hang on to it and save it for later. So they plan ahead. Okay. Uh, they can reason, cause, and effect, and understand water displacement. Do you know mm, what that means? I think I've heard this study before. Yeah, okay. with the pebbles it's like and stuff. Aesop's fables. Yeah. It's not a fable. It's real. Yeah, a crow, if presented with a floating piece of food in a tube of water, it can find all the ways to raise that water level up to get that food out. Okay, so the crow can actually select the right objects to add to the tube of water to raise that water level. What do you mean, like the right weight? Uh, the, or right, the right uh, meaning, like if something floats, they mm. won't add it to the tube because that's just not going to do them any good. Yeah. If something is too big, they won't try to stick it in the tube because they can tell it's too big. So they'll pick small, sinking, dense objects that raise the water level, huh. and they'll just keep adding it until they can reach the food or get a drink, whatever they want to do. Okay, a crow... They're very smart and they can learn human behavior mm-hmm. and they can learn our systems and they can use them for their benefit. For example, they can find a nut with a shell that they cannot crack on their own. They will, <laughs> they will hang out on a wire above a stoplight. When the light turns red, they'll fly down there. They'll put that nut, nut right where they know a car will drive over it fly back up, the light turns green, the cars start moving, they drive over their nut, smash it, break it up. The crow will wait for that light to turn red again, fly back down and collect their nut in safety. Oh my goodness. Right? And that's just something that they are just doing. They are doing that in cities. They learned traffic signals. Yeah. Okay. And then this seems so basic because the crows are so smart, but they have been known to memorize restaurant schedules and garbage days to take advantage of prime scavenging times. And they can think outside the moment and plan for the future. Uh, in several studies, a crow would actually forego a small, immediate treat for a larger one in the future. That's hard to do. Our son will not do that. No, there's no way. Yeah. Our son is not going to give up that Skittle for a future bigger Skittle. Right? I mean, that's delayed gratification. That's, uh, that's an advanced thought pattern. Yep. Okay. Some of us adults have trouble with delayed gratification. Some of us? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, only some of us. Um, okay, number two. Crows are family-oriented and mate for life. Family-oriented and mate for life. You know, I've watched a lot of crows in my time, and they seem to care for each other. I'm going to go true on this. You are correct. Good, good, good. 
Basically, crows are at least as good at mating for life as humans. <laughs> mm, all right, that's pretty good. Okay, so uh, a crow will even delay going out to find to find a mate mm-hmm. for years. They'll actually stick around their family, help raise their little brothers and sisters, and after a couple years where they could have gone out and started a family, they'll wait for years before they go out, find a mate. They will stick with that mate, even if they're not the most suitable at making babies. Oh, so not only are they like sit around mm-hmm. to really find themselves, you know, they know they need to make they themselves happy before take someone time else to can. Mature. Before they go out there and try to find the one. And then, so that is also something that really separates them from other mammals is like, or other creatures is if it isn't Mm -hmm. just about mating, is it just about procreating? Like it's about love because if they can't make babies together and they stay together. I mean, it's got to be about love or or something, something greater than just trying to make more. It's not instinct. No, they are not taking the approach in this ever-changing world of mm-hmm. throwing as many crows out there as they possibly can. Mm-mm. They're basically just smarter and trying to do it better. And you said they stick around the nest with the parents yeah, and help the raise? crows actually stick around the nest. They, uh, I mean, it's not odd for a crow to be living with their family with a, a bunch of sets of brothers and sisters, grandparents, great-grandparents. They're all just hanging out, taking care of each other. Oh, crow families. Yeah, I know. And they've got each other's backs. Okay, true or false? Crows honor the dead and hold murder investigations. <laughs> okay, I knew there were crow funerals. Uh-huh. A murder investigation? Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm going to have to say false. Further. Are you just setting me up? I'm going to go ahead and say true. This is kind of me saying true. So most of what you see is a crow will hold a crow funeral. Yeah, that's what I thought I saw. But kind of what they're really doing is all hanging out when they find a deceased crow. Mm-hmm. They're trying to, they're trying to hang out and observe and find out what happened to that crow, because okay. they want to learn, and they want to find out if something in the environment hurt that crow, or if an actual predator hurt that crow, and if it was a predator, they will go after that predator. Whoa! They get retaliation for no. their fallen loved one. Oh, they will go get it. Whoa! Yeah, totally. And so that also speaks to maybe the intelligence of trying to figure out for future situations how to not let that continue happening. Yeah, they they actually want to learn. Mm-hmm. It seems like they want to figure out why that crow died so they can not die. Not have repeated patterns. Yeah. yeah. They, they're that smart. Mm-hmm. Um, true or false, a crow can recognize and remember a human face. True. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now. True. It's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I kind of would argue makes all crows smarter than all humans. Smarter than me. <laughs> I, 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 I could not remember a crow's face. <laughs> I was going to think I'm not great at remembering other people's faces, but yeah, you're yeah. right. Go ahead and, and try to remember all those individual crow's faces. That's so true. Because they figured it out. So I think the most fun example of this, and is honestly kind of mind-blowing, but it was at the University of Washington out west. Some students, I don't actually know why they did this, but they put on, <laughs> they put on like caveman masks. Okay. Okay, that's super weird. Now that I'm saying it out loud, uh-huh. they put on masks, went out, uh, put some netted some birds to bring them in to like mark them or to tag them. Mm-hmm. That obviously super pissed off all those birds <laughs> and all the crows that were watching their friends get captured Aww. basically 
And all those crows associated those masks on those people with that traumatic event. What's interesting is when those same students went, went back out, if they weren't wearing the mask, the crows did not care. Okay. They just went about their business. But if they put those same masks on, not different masks, but those same exact masks, all the crows would lose their mind. So what if, did they try putting on different masks? They did try oh, putting so different masks on. it wasn't just a mask on. thing. It wasn't okay. just a mask. It had to be the mask. It had to be the masks. Okay. Are you ready for this? I think I am. Okay. They, some folks put on those same masks. I think it was seven years later. Mm-hmm. It was a number of years later, like mm-hmm. five or 10 years later. Mm-hmm. All the crows lost their minds again. Whoa. A on that same campus, which means... Crows can one remember, mm-hmm. which is insane for years. I cannot remember someone I met five years ago. Crows can also pass along that information because most of the crows that were still there seven years later weren't the same crows that witnessed oh. the event or were captured. So they somehow pass along that information that those masks were worn by evil villains. So they described those masks or those faces so well and their communication must be so good that the crows knew, the future crows knew we what those faces... don't know how they did it. But they did but they it did is it. the thing. They did it. Yeah. Crows are amazing. Crows, by the way, can live easily 15 to 20 years or even 40 years in captivity, for the record. And they have stories to tell. Mm-hmm. So uh, the moral of the story is you can become a legend among crows, either an infamous one uh, or a good one. So you mean like if I do something to make a crow mad or make them like do something wonderful for them, like every day carrying them out corn or something mm-hmm. that maybe future generations of crows they will, will know, know me you. as the, as the seed lady or the corn lady or they something. They will sing, sing your songs. Oh, I'm doing ah! it. Come on. <laughs> That's totally a song right there. It'll be a hit. Okay. True or false. We're going to move on. Okay. Uh, true or false. Crows. Will eat all of the songbirds in your backyard and their babies, and then destroy your garden, break into your cooler, and drink all your beer, and then <laughs> take all the trash out of your trash can and spread it, uh, spread it all out along your driveway. True or false? <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that. Um, it's, it's a complicated, complicated <laughs> question, Leah. Definitely the drinking beer part. No, I have heard a That's lot of people <laughs> say that. Crows destroy gardens, they destroy Mm -hmm. songbird nests, and that they get into garbage cans. So I see where that's going. I think it's exaggerated. So I've got you, crows. I'm already loving you so much. I'm going to go false. It's mostly false. Mostly false. I'll take that. (laughs) Okay, so let's unpack this. Yes, they will drink your beer. (laughs) It's good beer. Uh, But a note on songbirds, Leah. So most people... If they don't like a crow, mm-hmm. they they just think it's because the crows are these insane predators that are going to come in and eat all the, the pretty sounding songbird babies. Mm-hmm. Well, crows do eat other birds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and eggs. Crows eat pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. They eat almost any edible food. Okay. They're very opportunistic eaters, but they also are very... Let's see. They're they're so intelligent. They're not going to work crazy hard for a meal. So basically what I'm trying to say is that little baby songbirds aren't their preferred 
food. Oh, because they're going to have to put up like some type of fight or some, have some type of, yeah. Yeah, there's going to be an issue with that meal. <laughs> so they're they're more going to prefer worms and grubs mm. and caterpillars and bugs. And it just so happens to be a bunch of pests that would destroy your garden. Mm-hmm. So believe it or not, they probably do more good than harm to your garden. And I'm just sitting here. I don't know. We're, we're mm-hmm. talking about how we worry about them eating our songbirds or something. Uh-huh. But then like hawks get so it's like, oh, it's a oh, hawk okay. and yeah. this and that. But they really do prefer to eat our songbirds and things. They super prefer they it. Do, I don't, do they even eat grubs? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I don't know. But yeah. we're going to find that out. To kind of debunk that, mm-hmm. that like general feeling of that is that there's a ton of studies actually that removed all the corvids from an environment, which is the family that crows belong to. Mm-hmm. So crows and ravens and, and blue jays and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it super rarely had any impact on the prey uh, population. Mm-hmm. So if you remove crows out of an environment, the, the baby songbirds aren't going to explode in population. It's basically not going to matter because there's a whole lot of other animals trying to get those same eggs. And more aggressively even. So they might even balance themselves out. Um, because There's actually 6% of studies showed that when they removed crows from mm-hmm. an environment, the population of their prey went down. Yeah, because I was just about to say, the one thing I do know about crows is that they'll chase off hawks and they stuff. They will do that. So, they and might hawks... even somehow help protect their prey. Exactly. Um, and I like hawks too, not hating on mm-hmm. them. I, I love them too, but yeah, crows get such a bad rap when they may, like you said, may actually help increase the backyard bird population because they're running off the more effective predators. Th- those same predators are also trying to eat the crows' babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which sounds pretty gnarly, but they're all in it together. They're just living in the you same I mean? cycle as everybody else. They are living in the same circle of life. Uh-huh. Um... But what about the garbage? Because you just talked about eating everything. Okay. Do they get into your garbage? Yeah. Well, the thing is, is if you put garbage out and present it, the crows will come eat it during mm. the day. Let me tell you what they're not doing is staying up all night to, to party in your garbage. Mm-hmm. They are they are not breaking into your garbage can in the middle of the night, spreading it out. Because they're not even nocturnal, are they? They are not nocturnal. Exactly. They sleep when we sleep. Yeah. In huge communities of crows. So, I mean, have a garbage can lid. Uh, yeah, lids are great, mm-hmm. uh, and just definitely don't blame the crows in the morning. You might want to talk to your dog, to your <laughs> neighbor, neighbor dog, dog, your neighbor. Who knows? Your neighbor. I don't. Who, <laughs> they who may knows? Not like you. People yeah. are crazy. Um, and one other note on songbirds: Did you know a crow is actually a songbird? You know that makes sense. They sing all the time. It's <laughs> they just a, do. They sing a different song, kind of like. Tom Waits. Oh, yeah. That, like, <laughs> Ever since I put your picture ah. in a frame. Yeah. You love Tom Waits. I do love Tom Waits. <laughs> I listen to a whole bunch of Tom Waits during the uh, studying for this podcast. Mm-hmm. So that's really just a matter of taste preference. Also, I'm going to go ahead and challenge you to try to sing like a crow for a full minute. Woods and I do that, and it's hard. A full minute. Oh, I don't know if it's a full minute. It feels like a full minute. I bet minute. you can't do it. Your but, throat would hurt. Well, that it's just, impressive. That just made me think of the crow was probably one of the first calls that we were able to teach him because it's so distinctive. Mm, so it's a mm-hmm. really beautiful... I love the crow call because it is so distinctive and kids can learn it really quickly and it starts helping you 
work with them, you know, to be like, what bird call is that? Uh, crows are awesome. Mm-hmm. They make it easy. That's kind sure of fun do. about crow energy or crow, like how they live their lives. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like, hey, what's up? I'm a crow. <laughs> I'm here. We're living on this earth together. What are you doing over here? I'm going to do my thing. Can we just do this together? Because they've got advanced thought cool? patterns. <laughs> okay, lastly, number seven. Uh, true or false, you're most likely to get West Nile virus or histoplasmosis from a crow. <laughs> That's know, false, too. <laughs> I know a lot of people are thinking, or not a lot of people, yeah. but I've heard that so many times, and yes, I'm going to go a, with a big false on that. Uh, yeah, that's a big F right there. That's a big F. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. So this isn't super complicated, but mosquitoes spread West Nile virus, not crows. Yeah. There's some, for some reason, a huge belief, misconception out there that you, that that crows are the spreaders of the West Nile virus. Mm-hmm. They are not. They are just wildly susceptible to that disease. Yeah. They're, so they're the unfortunate victims. And basically, if they get bit by a mosquito, mosquitoes are how that disease is spread. Mm-hmm. If they get bit by a mosquito, there's a super high chance that they're going to die from that disease. So they're actually dying in super huge numbers from that disease, which basically also means they can't spread it. That's what I was about to say. They'd be a, a, not a spreader because other ones living longer yes. with it would spread it easier. That is exactly right. And did you know a mosquito will not bite a dead animal? I didn't, but now I do. <laughs> Which means the crows extra can't pass that along. Okay. They're probably going to die from it. I was wondering and where a you were going And a mosquito is not going to bite them Okay. again and like pass it on. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Yeah, totally. Okay. Okay, and then Leah, can you explain the hist- the histoplasmosis situation? Because I can't say that word. <laughs> Be- do the thing. Be smart here. Go. Histoplasmosis. No, I totally get that. Um, I don't know why crows got blamed here. Like truly, I don't know. Um, what histoplasmosis is? It's it's a fungus that lives in the soil, and um, basically, bird and bat poop can be a major fertilizer for mm-hmm. it and enhance its growth in soil. And so it is a disease that um, it does affect the lungs. It honestly, a lot, tons, huge population in the central or eastern United States have had it, and it just is so mild, you don't even know that you've been exposed to it. But so if you're, here in yeah, yeah. East Tennessee, we've, we've probably, probably been exposed it. to it. Yeah, it's okay. just um, immune compromised. You already have pre-existing lung conditions. It can get, it can be lethal, of course. But as far as crows, you have a larger chance of getting histoplasmosis from like cleaning a chicken coop, going, like excavating sites that have had large concentrations of bird poop or um, going into caves with a lot of bat mm-hmm. poop or something. It's, it's in the soil. And again, I have no idea why crows have been extra blamed for it i know starlings and blackbirds they say that carry it a little bit more and it's not because any bird carries it more than the other it's how dense right. are the populations that's all and that those it are is. just a few birds that kind of like crows that do like to roost in in large numbers yeah i've never i mean starlings or blackbirds you'll see mm-hmm. i swear it's thousands they they black out the sun i've never seen thousands of crows no, at once that would That'd be, be cool <laughs> Well, that does exist. Yeah. They're out yeah. there. In so, homes. in those dense populations, yeah, yeah, that would, the soil may actually get more of that fungus. Okay, Leah, did you learn anything about crows? Babe, I learned a lot. <laughs> but the main thing that I learned is I want to be 
a legend among crows. Yeah. How do I do it? Okay. It's not that complicated. Basically, to be a legend among crows, stock up on unsalted peanuts, <laughs> put them out on a semi-regular basis, Okay. keep Tom Waits playing on repeat <laughs> pretty much all the time, don't shoot them or trap them with nets. Makes sense. Uh, and you should be good to go. Literally. Okay, hold on. You're just telling me just put out peanuts and I'll be a legend? Yeah. Like in a regular location. Is it just peanuts? Yeah. Is there something else I can feed them? Well, no. I mean, you can experiment with things. You're not trying to make a pet here. Oh, okay. like Crows are not pets. Mm -hmm. Just be kind. Okay. Like I said, if you are like me, if you're like me and want more crows in your life because mm -hmm. they're fascinating and intelligent and smart and funny and kind of quirky and they bring a cool energy mm -hmm. to the day, mm -hmm. I would like to have them around. It's so easy. Put out peanuts. You could do corn. You uh, could do... I was about to say, what about corn? I thought that was like their main thing. And I'm going to go back to like, why wow, scarecrows and people thought crows super damaged yeah. cornfields and stuff. Is corn not their number one food? Of course they like corn. Corn is delicious. That does kind of circle me back to my grandfather uh, hunting all the crows in the cornfields. There's a good chance that crows are doing more good for that farm than harm. Actually, one of their favorite snacks is the European corn borer, Whoa. which is not just in Europe, <laughs> by the way. It's all over, especially the eastern part of the United States. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think it's the number one threat to corn harvests. Um, and it overwinters in the leftover corn. And, and the crows will actually go hang out there all winter, eat all of that thing. Oh my goodness. And, and can help the corn harvest the next year. Yes. I'm just throwing that out there. That's a killer way to end this. Absolutely. You know, so. The things we thought that even I thought maybe was a thing. Well, but they might hurt cornfields. Nope. Yeah. I mean, it's, they're, they're very balanced. Absolutely. They're well, very balanced and there's a good chance they're doing more good than not. Well, I really enjoyed learning about crows. Thanks, Joel. Lastly, I do have to ask, what kind of tea do you think of? Because <laughs> this is sipping teas and hugging okay. trees. I almost feel like it doesn't need it, but I'm sure it would drink our Einstein tea. Oh, yeah, because they're so smart. For cerebral circulation and focus and concentration. Yeah.